Good morning, Tampa folks, and welcome to Tampa Talk. It's December 2nd, and this is your weekly round of all things Tampa. I'm John. And I'm Dahlia. And this is Tampa Talk. So, well, how's your week been so far? It's been pretty good. I realize it's the end of November. Just uh, came out yeah. very, very quick. It's crazy. It's December. So I guess time's just flying, but that's because we're keeping busy. Yeah, it, it's been nuts. Um, all right. Well, what are we talking about here? So there's a couple different events going on in Tampa this weekend. And actually, they're just starting out this weekend. And um, so one of them is Hamilton. So Hamilton's the famous, like, you know, Broadway musical. Mm. And so it's at the Straws um, through January, all the way to the end of January. So I think it's a really cool opportunity. And I've recently learned that memberships at the Straws isn't as expensive as you think. Like, if you're going to go to more than, like, two shows in the year, it almost makes more sense. Yeah. Um, cause I think I recently went to a show and it was like 60 bucks. And then I looked at membership like a day later and it was like 120 bucks. I was like, now you still pay for the shows, just discounted member rates. Is that right? No, you pay like for a package. So you get like a, a however um, many shows. Yeah. So you get nice. a membership to like the joke theater. Or I don't know how to pronounce it, but the one that starts with a J yep. and you can go to all of those shows. Okay. Um, so if you're interested in theater, it's a good way to uh, check them out. Nice. A little bit more affordable. Um, and then there's going to be a Black History bike tour over in St. Pete starting at Chief's Creole Cafe. And so that's happening mm. uh, Saturday from 9 to 1, as well as uh, the following, or I guess two weekends after, from 9 to 1 again. So I think that could be a really cool way to learn a little bit more about uh, Black History in St. Pete. Uh, I want to throw out a little anti-announcement. Uh, Okay. Uh, like something that's not happening sure. this weekend. Yeah. Something that's not happening this weekend is the bike shop on Saturday. So tomorrow we will be closed. Um, and so if you're listening and you were planning on coming to see us, uh, we're going to close for a staff event. Um, I kind of wish we were going out to the black history bike tour, but we have something else scheduled that we're doing. And although that sounds amazing and I wish I was at that and I encourage y'all to go to that instead of coming to the bike shop on Saturday. So, <laughs> um, and speaking of the University Mall and our bike shop, um, Mark Sharp was recently in the news with the Innovation Partnership and kind of their metaverse approach to the Innovation District or the Uptown area, which is kind of the rebrand of what was previously known as, you know, University Area or more famously before that, the Suitcase City. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've had the pleasure of going to a lot of these events and they're really just recapping the innovation event that they had a couple weeks ago and kind of um, talking about how there's really going to be an evolution of tech-enabled blue-collar workers. And, you know, every city's kind of got to be thinking about how does their everyday work integrate with um, technology and the internet. And so, cool article if you want to learn a little bit more about the metaverse and kind of that approach to the uptown area. Uh, One highlight I'll just say from those events I've been through is a big part of that is like, blue collar workers and really mm-hmm. trying to create opportunity for that what the the tech enabled blue collar worker um but it is actually quite uh interesting and appealing that there are lots of opportunities that are will be emerging kind of the jobs that will not be going away with the advancement of technology so i do think you know i think a lot of people hear this and are pretty skeptical of what's coming and like oh we're going to turn it into like a silicon valley area and i do think they want to do that uh you know but they are trying to aim at opportunities for blue collar and kind of working class people in the community that are there and uh we shall see um, but that is a big part of the kind of focus is workforce development and stuff there. So, um, you know, hoping, hoping they can, uh, make some connections there and make, make some of that, uh, a reality. 
Yeah, and speaking of our workforce, um, it was also in the news this week that the workforce of Hillsborough Transit were not very happy. And so um, the union representing hundreds of employees at Heart is demanding the resignation of their CEO. And so we spoke about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago when the news broke that their C community officer, um, I forget her exact position, but an executive le- level position was actually working two do- jobs. So she was working for Heart and she was working in New Orleans. And so she was raking in like over $300,000 between the two jobs and was going on that was going unmonitored and so that was just one of the things that kind of you know brought this to kind of boil over but um it's it's long time coming and so there's been um 57 employees that come forward came forward with unjust firings or resignations and numerous scandals um that just kind of all chalk up to a hostile workplace and toxic culture and so the woman that was um, double dipping into two different jobs has l- officially left Hart as of November 7th, but now the union is calling for their CEO to actually step down because they just feel like she's not um, upholding the workplace. Like, it's just a bad environment, and they're not really moving forward. Yeah, there's another article we put in the in the newsletter this week about the, the Hart board actually went ahead and initiated investigations mm-hmm. um, and and. In like looking into the workplace environment, uh, the double dipping, but also just the CEO review in general uh, to see if she's going to be, you know, they're asking that she be uh, removed from her position and they are looking into that. Um, so you can kind of read up on both of those there, uh, but it is it is uh, getting crazy over at heart. Yeah, and I mean, I think we all kind of saw heart underperforming, but to know what's all going on behind the scenes, too. It's it's kind of um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it changes things. Yeah, it's been you know I do know because we actually the bike shop actually picks up from Hart like bikes that are abandoned on the bus lines. We go by and pick up, and so there's a guy that I meet with to pick up those bikes, and I talk with him a little bit, and he's talked a little bit about leadership changes and things over there. Um, but you know, COVID was really brutal. Um, a lot of there, a lot of the funding for that place really comes with ridership, and yeah. nobody was riding the bus, and then. And then they stayed on a Sunday schedule for like a year straight. And, uh, and you know, hard, like public transit in this city is uh, really in bad shape to begin with. And yeah. what we do have is the Hart bus line. And it is very much struggled these last few years. Uh, but it sounds like a lot of the actual internal workings of the staff and the leadership um, have created a, a pretty ugly operation. Um, and you know, we're only picking up on kind of what we hear from friends that work there and what is in the news. Um, so, you know, there's obviously maybe other, other vantage points on this story, but it is uh, not looking good for executive leadership over at heart. I, I wanted to, um, you know, point out this story. There was a shooting that took place. Um, and this was on, what was this? November 5th. Fifth, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so earlier in the last month, about a month ago, this man, uh, I, I believe his name is pronounced Nabil Sarah or Sarah. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his name. Um, it, he was 37 years old. He was shot and killed right at like the overpass at Dale Mabry in Hillsborough. Um, but this dude, uh, his name is McGovern. And McGovern is, seems to be quite not, his, Timothy McGovern, he was 29. Uh, it's a story is just crazy. So what they were actually able to find him because earlier that day, uh, there was an incident on Bayshore where a man rode a bike up, said 
there's my target, and then pulled a gun and fired several shots out into the bay. So that was reported. That was caught on camera. And that was the same guy who mm. later would go over and uh, murder Nabil Sarah or Sarah. At that same spot? No, at Hillsboro oh. and Dale Mabry. Very far away from there. Um, interestingly enough, and he must live over that way, he had had multiple interactions with Sarah uh, like leading up to this. And had actually, Sarah woke up one night. He had actually... This was already had been reported with the same guy who had been cut it, trying to cut his neck. He woke up to a guy trying to kill him with a knife, like a like a pocket knife, like I said, a folding knife. And he had run away. The guy lunged at him, said, someone's going to come get you. Someone's going to kill you. People don't want you out here. This is like a while back. That day, then he goes and shoots into the bay. So they have like a description and footage of this like crazy guy. Then he goes over and he murders later in the evening murders Sarah at that corner. And so this dude was, he had served as, as a U.S. Marine who had been discharged due to drug related offenses earlier on. And then apparently, and they, they haven't given a ton of uh, explanation of this, but in just recent months, he'd been taken into custody several times on Marchment Act, which is related to like being a danger to self or others because of drugs. And then the Baker Act being a danger to self or others because of mental health issues. Um, and there's talk like lots of people who know him say like he's been struggling mental illness. Here's voices, this, that, and the other. Um, but and the, you know, but when they took him in, he immediately he's like, yeah, I did it. Had no reason. So there's a confession, no motive. Um, and you know, just on the victim side, on Nabil Sarah or Sarah, however you say his name. So he's um, he's a Muslim. And so it's Islamic custom to bury the dead as soon as possible, but they had to wait for the body to be released from the medical examiner, obviously. And then this is around the same time that uh, the, the hurricane was coming through, Nicole. So wind and rain are like beating up the city. But still, during that, during that storm, they actually had a prayer service at a local mosque here in Tampa where several hundred people showed up for this prayer service. Um, and then they followed it with a burial in a local cemetery. Uh, kind of you know, really, really, and everyone that know, knew Nabil and spoke about him said like, yeah, he'd been through a divorce. He'd fallen on hard times. He'd had a rough year or two. Um, and he was on the street sporadically, but everyone who knew him said it was a super generous guy. They even interviewed another homeless guy that lives under that bridge who said, yeah, that guy like gave me 20 bucks. He was super generous. He was always like hooking people up around him. And so there was a lot of like beautiful things said of him. And even the turnout at his funeral really kind of testifies to his like connection in the community. Um, but then the kind of story behind this story, I mean, it's easy to be pissed at McGovern and I am, but at the same time, like I'm so pissed about these Marchment acts and Baker acts. So these things are in place so that we can't lock people away on charges of mental illness. Like it, they were made to protect the individuals from being like locked away in a loony bin. Right. So you can only hold them for like 48 hours or 72 hours or whatever it is for observation. Um, but in reality, and what we've seen time and time again with our work with folks on the streets is that, and this guy wasn't the guy on the streets, but a lot of people on the streets do struggle with mental illness and they get taken in and they are not kept. They are not treated. There is no solutions for our mental health problems. And people with these problems are out here killing people, hurting one another, hurting themselves. Um, and so it's like not necessarily like at the heart of this news story, but to me, it is the crucial subtext of it. Um, that we really need to figure out something for moving forward in our city, in our country, really, uh, is this open asylum mental health issue that we have going on. We've, we've talked about this before with some other violent mm -hmm. crimes 
Uh, but this one just seems so crystal clear to me and just tragic um, for Nabil and the, his family and community that lost him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to just make sure uh, we did talk about and highlight that story. I think it's something to really kind of think about and reflect on. Yeah, that's hard to hear. Um, I also saw that you shared an article about um, the um, DeSantis trial. And so Andrew Warren was actually called up to uh, testify in the federal trial. Um, and did you, what, did, sorry, I'm just actually thinking about this other story you're sharing still. It's crazy, right? And honestly, I feel like I might have met Nabil. And I have to ask Paul. His picture's in the paper in that article. If you pull it up, you'll I, know. I did, but it's when he's in high school. Uh. Um, because I recently, like a couple weeks ago, met a man and he was in the process of going through court because he was stabbed randomly on the corner of Hillsborough. Yeah. And I'm just, that's what I'm thinking about. And he's an Arabic gentleman that I met. Uh, possibly. Possibly. I, I mean, I, I kind of want to say I hope so because I hope this isn't like, oh, yeah, that's just happening constantly over, yeah, yeah, yeah. out there. But he was randomly stabbed like multiple times. And Paul, who's another gentleman that comes through, yeah. witnessed it. Oh, really? And they were going to, that's why they were discussing this. And this would have been like a couple weeks ago. And now I'm really concerned that like, this yeah. is the guy that I met. Well, we can look it up. We can follow up with him real quick. Cause it's not that it's like the saga continues on this other story. We were about to like talk about is like Andrew Warren, you know, the DeSantis kind of beef going on. It's going to federal trial. Uh, Warren was called to testify. There's, you know, apparently um, the governor DeSantis cited two letters that he had signed basically like, petitions or pledging not to prosecute crimes involving abortion or transgender health care. These are things that have been going on in Florida, highly contested, highly controversial. Uh, Warren's lawyers just made a very simple argument saying he can sign whatever he wants as like free speech. Like he could say, I don't intend to do that, but it never actually went to court. So he never actually didn't prosecute a crime. Uh, and so DeSantis couldn't use these like free speech things to uh, punish him. DeSantis lawyers argue that, well, that gives them cause to legitimately believe that he refuses to do his job and enforce these particular crimes that are crimes here in Florida under DeSantis law. That's the gist. You can read the article. It's listed in uh, the Word on the Streets newsletter. Um, so we'll go go ahead and just share there. By the way, if you haven't already subscribed, it's wordonthestreets.xyz. Please subscribe. Please share articles kind of any any place you can. Um, if one stands out to you as interesting or whatever, um, you know, if you are able to pick a paid uh, subscription there, we would really appreciate supporting the cost that this has become. Um, but yeah, we just want to encourage you guys to kind of subscribe there. All right. Well, you can catch us out at Harvest Hope this morning from uh, 1030 to 12 and then over at the Ebor Garden on Ebor Street from uh, 10 to 12. So hope to see you out there. Awesome. So until next time, y'all be good.